If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. So how many, uh, how many of y'all got to hear us on the radio the other night? Really? Oh, that's great. Then we don't have to do any of those songs then. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking camera in the truck. Welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. Uh, once again, you may not be used to hearing my voice this early in the show. I am John Farrar. Randy Sobel is still out on paternity leave. He'll be back in a few weeks. He'll be he'll be not so well rested, but we'll be excited to have him back. But we've got a great show for you today. But first, I want to thank uh, Matt for uh, coming on the show and co-hosting last week. Uh, stepped up, did a great job. Thank you, Matt. But before we get to the show today, we do have a little bit of Pearl Jam news, actually. We've got an announcement on the Ohana Encore. If you guys remember, Pearl Jam was had scheduled to play See Here Now and Ohana in late September. And now we get the news that there's going to be an Ohana Encore October 1st and 2nd. Uh, Pearl Jam is going to headline both nights. Night 1 is going to have also Beck, Plural 1, White Reaper, uh, which, you know, a couple of the opening bands and Beck's a cool addition to that, too. Uh, and then Saturday night, you're going to get Brandy Carlisle, Slater Kinney, and uh, a few more bands. So that's going to be very cool. Um, I would uh, I would maybe get some tickets to that. Do you think if there was anything special that was going to happen, it might be at those shows? Because, you know, you're getting to – we didn't really get a, pro, a PJ30, but this might be the closest thing to it. So I would uh, I would recommend if, if you guys are on the fence about going to those that you definitely do that. Um, we also had uh, an email that uh, – there was a little blurb in there. I don't, you might have missed it, but it said that the, the tour dates uh, from 2020 are going to be rescheduled soon for early 2020. 2022 yeah that we're excited i you know i've said a couple of times in the last few weeks that be on the lookout because that announcement could be dropping any time so today we're going to be covering uh springfield 1994 this was the show uh directly after the uh fox theater shows in atlanta the iconic radio broadcast that everybody knows and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna see how they follow that up we've got a great show today I'm joined by uh, the host of Touring Fan Live. Uh, let's welcome in Anthony Krisowitz. How you doing, Anthony? 
I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for uh, having me on. I appreciate oh, it. My pleasure. My pleasure. I know you've done some stuff with, with Randy on Clubhouse and stuff like that before. So we, we've seen your name a little bit, but uh, this is the first time we've gotten to talk. So so welcome to the show. Thank you for doing this. Uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, about Touring Fan Live. The Touring Fan Live is a show that was created for the community. When we developed the show a year and a half ago, it was the idea of bringing together that community that love following influencers, musicians, and artists that really went out of the way to follow and support them. And we built this platform to have everyone come together um, and bring everything together in one place. Uh, the Touring Fan Live, we have multiple shows. Uh, we have an evening with that we interview uh, artists and musicians and influencers and a show dedicated directly to them. We have another show called Let's Talk Vinyl with Trey Bush uh, at a Walla Walla, Washington from Sleight of Hand Cellars where we talk about a Pearl Jam song and we drink a bottle of wine. We learn about wine. We talk about a Pearl Jam song, talk stats about it. I have another show called uh, X Gets a Square. Not sure where the name came from, but we're rolling with it with Bailey Race, who's an up-and-coming phenomenal poster artist. And we bring in another artist in every episode from around the world and talk about pop culture. And then we also have um, another show on the 10th called Hitchhiker, where we bring uh, a fan of a band or music, and we talk about their love of that musician or artist or influencer and why they follow him and what's so important about that. And we talk about that and dig deep into what makes that person uh, become that kind of touring fan or that, that fan of that person. So that is what the touring fan is. And uh, you can find out more information about us. You can find us on Facebook, just search a touring fan live. You go to Instagram, search a touring fan live. We're on Twitter. Um, and you can go to www.thetouringfanlive.com for more information about us and the shows and the most up-to-date schedule for everything. Awesome. So I know, you know, Pearl Jam obviously pops in and out of those, those shows a lot, like you mentioned, but it's not like those shows you 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 talk about other things too who are some of the other bands and who are some of the other artists that you uh that you highlight on those shows wow um so quite a few of them um but just to talk about some recent like we are working pretty extensively with jackson pines uh they're going to be at see her now festival they're actually opening up the festival that pearl is going to be with cool. um we've kind of built this brotherhood relationship with them and they've been on the show quite a bunch they just dropped their uh new album a couple of days ago uh, another artist is um, that actually just dropped a new album um, or single for their album that we're working pretty heavily with is um, Paul and the Tall Trees um, that we found through another show that I do uh, called Robin Anthony's World Tour, where we basically look for music around the world that's not signed or publicized, and we bring it to the table and we listen to it and kind of talk about it in a very open style. But uh, My Morning Jacket's another band we talk about. I mean, we've talked about everything from, God, Pearl Jam to Pink Floyd to I mean, to obscure bands like Cigaros and uh, you name it, we've talked about it. But I mean, Pearl Jam is a big highlight and the reason why the community comes together around Touring Fan Live. Awesome. And uh, and where can people find all that? It's all available on all the, the podcast platforms, all everything like that? Sure. So all of our stuff is recorded live through a video format, um, and that is through our Facebook live feed. Okay. Um, and then after it leaves our Facebook live feed, um, it goes to a podcast format. And then 48 hours later, if you have the Sirius XM app, we're actually, um, you can listen to all past episodes on the Sirius XM app. Just search the touring fan live. Um, so any podcast platform, Sirius XM uh, app, um, YouTube, Twitch, I don't know, we're, we're everywhere. That's, yeah. 
that's a question for a marketing team. That's, that's um, <laughs> I don't, I, I sometimes get lost in where, where I am half the time. But no, that, yeah, that's great. It's a good, like, if you're listening to this, you're obviously a fan of live music. Um, so I, I would highly recommend that you guys uh, check those shows out. It's good stuff. Um, and yeah, thanks. Thanks, Anthony, for being here. We're, I mean, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, the show that we're going to be talking about today, um, we, we've spent a lot of time, it, it feels like, in the, in the 2000s uh, lately, in the kind of the late 90s, 98 things. So we are going back to 1994 this week to a show April 6th, 1994 in Springfield, Massachusetts. This was uh, the, actually the show, the first show that was after the Fox Theater Atlanta shows. And yeah, you know, he, he mentions it a couple of, a couple of times here. Like uh, that show was huge on the radio, big, you know, big iconic touchstone moment for a lot of fans. And here we we're going to have the very next night. So I, I love talking about these 1994 shows. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in every one. And we are lucky enough today to have someone who was there, uh, which we don't uh, don't often get with those early 90s ones. Uh, let's uh, let's welcome in Matt Behan. How you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having Excellent. me. Yes. Excellent. Now you are you are a patron of the show and this was your request. You were there. Um, tell us a little bit about why you picked the show. Why is it special? I picked the show. Um, it was my first show. I went by myself. I became a fan after uh, 92 when I saw Pearl Jam and Red Hots on the Blood Sugar Sex Magic Tour. And I just became a fan right then. I was like, oh, my God, who's this band? I got to love them. <laughs> and I just did. So I you know, got on their, their ride, you know, 10, overplayed 10 on cassette. Everything back then was cassette. <laughs> so I jumped on that. I got caught up after the 92 and, of course, I fell in love with Pearl Jam. I got caught up on the Red Hots trail, kind of differed off the Pearl Jam a little bit, but always knew I was going to follow them. So then I got back into, you know, hearing verses came out. You know, I waited. I bought that cassette, I think, at midnight at this store in Troy, Music Shack. And I just went from there. I just loved them. I just fell in love. I'm like, I got to see some shows now. Um, I, was, I wasn't in the 10 Club yet. I think after the show, I officially joined the 10 Club. I never looked back. Um, so that's, that's got to be a good number. Yeah, I'm up there. It is a pretty good number. And I was just... I wanted tickets. I was looking into the Boston shows, which I wish I went got went, got tickets oh. for. But I was just out yeah. one night and at this local. Me and my buddies went out for a Newcastle pitcher night at this place, Washington Tavern. Some girls like I got a ticket for sale for Pearl Jam. I'm like, oh, how much you want for that? She's like seventy five. I'm like, that thing's like eighteen bucks. She's like, I want seventy five. And she was trying to get me for a hundred or whatever. I'm like, how about fifty? She's like, all right, zero. She handed to me this college girl. Then. Then I had to play on my trek, being a young 21-year-old, you know, I was on my own. I think I just got my, my parents just got me this Chevy Impala car. It was huge. I'm like, I'm going. You know, of course, I had to get a map and directions back then. I kind of recall when the concert came up, and I just uh, went, and it was a rainy day. I remember it was rainy and foggy. And I jumped in my Impala, made it to Springfield by paper directions. My first time there, and I... Again, I'm I'm real nervous going into the show. You know, it's my first time seeing Pearl Jam headline. Besides, you know, when they the, the Blood Sugar Sex Magic Red Hots tour, so it was a big experience for me. Um, so I made it there. 
parked at some odd street, which comes into my stories later. Let's talk about uh, yeah, getting into this this show a little bit. What were you what were you expecting? Had you had you listened to the Atlanta show on the radio? I taped it. I have actually yeah. had it. I taped it on cassette. So you'd heard that. So what were you were you thinking you were gonna get something similar? You knew like oh, there's oh, there's yeah. new songs. There's like there's all these yeah. covers. Like were you expecting them to do like that epic of a show? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I really was. Like I was you? excited. Like I was more than excited, and. <laughs> Uh, you know, I knew I was going to get like rear view mirror and even flow. And so I was excited. I was nervous. I was like walking in some guys. I was by myself, these guys in uh tailgate and just invited me over. Like what's going on? I said, I'm here to see Pearl Jam. They're like, so recently invited me for a beer and a smoke. I ended up bullshit with them for a little bit. They're like, you come by yourself. I said, yeah, I gave them on a, on a mission here. <laughs> so I got in. Uh, I think I had balcony seats or up high all by myself. And I had like three girls sitting next to me there. Ended up talking hey, at least in. your ticket was legit. You didn't get a, a Oh fan. yeah. It was, yeah, it was definitely legit. I remember I, yeah. at the bar, I remember looking at it, it was a ticket master ticket. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah. So who we can mud we... honey, mud honey opened. Really? That's cool. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely, you know, again, I think I'm a little older than you guys. But it was definitely an experience for a 21-year-old. So we, uh, we, we can't talk about this era, of course, without talking a little bit about Kurt Cobain and, and what was going on around this time. And, and Anthony, you can jump in here, too, if you want to talk about this. But, you know, that, that Atlanta show was such a heavy show with, like, you know, dedicating go. I expected this to be more of like a heavier kind of weighty emotional show in it i really didn't get that feeling from it you did you get did you get a sense of that matt or anthony listening to this that there was that kind of kind of cloud over the show because the next show in in fairfax like the the show in fairfax a few days later is is very heavy like that's the first one after they've they'd found him and it's we covered that show early on and it is just brutal and this one's this one doesn't have that feel to it i thought Maybe I didn't know. Maybe I wasn't so aware at the time. No, in this show, they don't really mention it all. And in, and you are correct. At the Fairfax show, you can definitely see there is an, um, an odd feeling. Um, there is a very weird sense of um, uh, discomfort, you know, with even the fans in the audience who knew it, um, you know, what was going on and the way that Eddie played and even mentioned what was going on. I think the April 8th Patriot Center show uh, at Fairfax, Virginia, really is a show that um, is is more tuned to what happened with Kurt Cobain and the uh, suicide um, in retrospect to uh, what this show is. I don't think this show resonates the feeling um, or even brings up the idea of what was going on with Kurt Cobain at the time uh, as much as the April 8th Patriot Center show in Fairfax. Right. Yeah, he gives that speech about being up here in the space, and there's a couple of really iconic speeches from that show a really good version of breath some some really inspired performances yeah they were they were definitely feeling it so let's let's get into the show a little bit there's no there's no hello how you doing there's no spoken intro they bust into rearview mirror
opener is very intense. You know that that, that sets a mood for the uh, for the evening. You know, for me, it's interesting. Um, you know, Re- Rearview Mirror isn't, you know, was it, I think it's 13 or 14 times as an opener, so it's not as big of an opener as some. Um, but, you know, Rearview Mirror to me is an interesting, it's a very happy opener in its own sense, in retrospect to like a release for Pendulum or something like that. Um, I think it's, you know, and, and in another way too, if you really even bring it back to the Kurt Cobain thing, like, I don't think Rearview Mirror would have been an opener if this was something around, you know, the sadness or the idea of what was going on at Kurt Cobain. Um, I think this was just coming off the the belly of what was the Fox Theater shows and like, hey, let's just do this fun. I mean, you know, if you really look at the set list and look at the <laughs> the first, you know, four songs, they, this is a really heavy, quick beginning of a show that, um, you know, it's special in its own sense. It's a very unique and a fun kind of way of opening a show and and kind of really setting the tone of what the show was going to be. Yeah, it felt like they were kind of trying to capitalize on that momentum from Atlanta. Like, we, you know, because they had, had a couple of days off, we know that they went in the studio in Atlanta and recorded some things for Phytology, so they know they're, and especially you get you get whipping early here next, which we'll get to in a second. Maybe that was one of the ones that they tracked. But, yeah, Matt, what were you thinking uh when you when you hear that opening to rearview mirror first thing in the what were you thinking in the in your uh, balcony seats oh yeah, it definitely brings back flashbacks and i have to go way back but definitely what i remember most is just the, the bright lights the bright orange yellow lights just going nuts and the crowd in front just going absolutely bonkers uh, musically i thought this was this was fantastic it really it really does a good job of building the tension like there's a moment when it when it kind of hangs in that bridge and they kind of let it like rest for a minute and just kind of let that tension build very very good rearview mirror as an opener yeah anthony you mentioned 13 or 14 times it's kind of a it's kind of an artifact of this era and uh yeah these these intro versions it, it's different they it, they don't go off on it for long it doesn't get like real spacey and a real long thing but as a tension builder opener i think it works really well and like you mentioned, Anthony, the next uh, we continue the uh, the fast rocker early set here with with whipping, go and animal. Um, Ed comes on after after review mirror and says, "That's my name. Don't fucking wear it out. This song's called whipping." So you know there were some Eddie Eddie chants. You know, for me, when I listen to this, especially you know, there's definitely times in listening to live, you know shows that we go to and there's like a bulk of songs that they play back to back to back that you really enjoy you know rearview mirror into whipping into go into animal is a very aggressive um undertaking because first of all it, it the way that it's being played by the band and the way that everything is brought up um you know that's heavy on a band i mean even in the early days of the young youth that pearl jam um, was this time as young you know being in their 20s this is still a pretty much an undertaking it's heavy um, and you can kind of see that, you know, you start getting a little bit of slowdown um, after Animal when it goes into Dissident, but it's still like, it, it's an undertaking and it's really done well. And what I've always enjoyed about the 94 shows, um, listening to live shows about that, is the playing style of Mike McCready. Because um, if you listen to how Mike played his stuff in 94, and as he gets older, like how he changes things up as he's learning more and he's, you know, taking the instrument thing, there's a rawness 
um, and aggressiveness to Mike's playing uh, in in these songs that is just, you know, it's just definitive of the time. And, you know, of course, you know, you don't have Matt Cameron, so you have a different style of drum playing um, with Dave playing. So it is, um, it's different. I, I enjoyed it. This is a this is a bulk of this set list, especially starting so early in that is, um, that was enjoyable and aggressive and, and unique in its own sense. Whipping, I think, you know, a rear view mirror too, like it's, you come out, you start with a, with a bang like that and then whipping just keeps it going like you anthony mentioned mike like mike and stone on whipping i thought really complemented each other well stone's doing that kind of upstroke thing on whipping and mike and stone together sounds really really good and then the the ending of go is always a highlight in 1994 just it's almost they just destroy it It's one of one of those one of those Dave moments that you get, and then on Animal, you know, Go and Animal, the you know the back to back one two album punch there, you know, you're getting classic Ed howling, feral sounding, just going for it. Yeah, so one two three four, right off the bat, uh, gonna gonna knock you in the on your ass there. Uh, like I said, we we do slow it down a little bit. Uh, we get a uh, we get dissonant and even flow here. The, the intro of Dissonant is, is interesting because it, it feels like everyone kicks in and it almost falls apart. they kind of have to like rebuild it a little bit like i don't know if, i don't know if that was that was kind of a weird moment the only thing i can think of was it sem- it seemed like if you listen to it it seemed like this like stone coming in was just like a step above almost and maybe i'm wrong for saying it's like mike okay. and then it's like there was a point where everything just synced up it, it didn't seem i mean i you know it happens often i mean i think a lot of people it just you know it's just timing but i mean it wasn't terrible but one thing I really appreciate about Dissident, especially right here, is like you were saying, it's not a slow song by any means, um, but it also trans—it's a great translation from how it goes from Animal to Dissident, and then it translates right into Even Flow. Like this is a good translation song of like how to keep things flowing, but slow down in its own sense in a different way. Um, if I remember correctly, um, and I know now '94, this is going back in a way. Um, that I don't know what Mike was playing at the time, but you know, I'm pretty certain that Rear Meter Whipping Go and Animal are all played on the same guitar now that Mike would be playing. So there's no swapping. But I know Dissident Even Flow, like right there, Animal Dissident Even Flow, I believe, once again, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain about this. That's three different guitar changes that Mike would have to take before like actually playing the songs. Yeah. So. It, it's it's interesting in some sense. No, it's it was it was it's clever. I mean, I don't think you'll see these songs that are played in this order ever again now. 
Yeah, Dissident and Evenflow you were getting paired up a lot, but that's interesting about Dissident, because this is one that I, you know, Dissident's not one of my favorite songs, but these early versions, like it, you're right, it it almost hits in that, it's a like a predecessor to kind of the soaring Pearl Jam that we got with, you know, things like In My Tree and Given to Fly, and things, all these, you know, that, all those like soaring jams that people love that like open up and get into that space, like the end of Dissident is really a, uh, a, a precursor to that stuff and i think i you know i kind of you know the intro the, the the riff is so cheesy and you know it's so bluesy and like it, i don't it's not my favorite thing that they do but when it hits that bridge especially in this era it's it's a cool moment and there you know there's a reason that that it was you know it was a single off of verses so they they put out that that single with the the songs from atlanta and these versions, I think, are some of the best you get. You know, we get Ed speaking the Escape is Never the Safest Plan line, which is pretty cool. And yeah, this was, you know, I don't often, really, I don't often give Dissonant a lot of credit, but this one I will. I think it, and like I said, it, it, it's perfect to transition out of that, you know, quote-unquote punk rock set into the, the middle of the set where you're going to flow into some more of like the, the classic rock soaring kind of songs. You said it even flow into uh, Glorify G and Daughter here. You mentioned, uh, speaking of swapping instruments, Jeff, of course, we know would go to the stand-up bass for Glorify G and Daughter, so you'd always get those paired together, just like Go and Animal. But uh, this even flow, only four and a half minutes. Not not an extended bathroom break even flow. Uh, and we do get the, uh, you know, fans of the podcast will, will know we do get a don't vote Republican here with the uh, the midterm 1994. Uh, I don't have to give you a history lesson on how that went, but uh, did did not go well for the don't vote Republican crowd. But um, yeah, even flow here into Glorify G and, uh, and Daughter, a little change of pace. Yeah, it's interesting. In the, in the first, basically nine songs of this set list there's three waves that are really crashing upon upon, upon the audience oh your first yeah, five songs well your first no, you're you're speaking my language here i always talk about that yeah yeah the first four songs are definitely that high wave like you're really hitting the wave you're getting a crash then you're then you're talking about the middle right there that doesn't even flow even glorify g the daughter right there so that next break of of is that that slow turn of just sitting there waiting enjoying the moment and then you have that big crash again um it's you know looking over the set list and not even thinking about it while i'm listening there is so much change in in just octave and and the way that they're playing things and like, you know, because I, I doubt that in 94, and maybe I'm wrong for thinking this because you're talking about Holly intelligent musicians at the time, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces in just the first nine songs of, of entrance and, and and how Eddie's singing and, and the way it moves the crowds. There's so much different emotion and feeling just in the idea of what these songs are that it, it really is an ebb and flow that's special and unique that, you know, not saying that you don't see that nowadays in shows, but unfortunately, with as much production value or even the instrument playing, how things are done now, this the reason this is so special is because they just won't do that again. I mean, they do give us these amazing set lists and they give us all these changes, but there's also like a thought process and why songs are placed the way they are. This was definitely, I don't know what the hell they were thinking with this, but this is just a real big like wave like changer consistently. 
Yeah, Ed is the master of of putting those little ebbs and flows in a set list and knowing when to build up the momentum and knowing when to to bring it home with like a a showstopper and then building it up again. Like, yeah, he's he does that all the time. Uh, Matt, you're you're you were there. What uh, you're 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 in it now. You're in this set. You're getting to the middle of the set. What do you what do you remember about this this little section? I remember just being in such a gaze. I was just like staring at oh my god you know i think i was with everyone again you we, we're going way back like with fans you know definitely younger than me 18 to 21 and they're ready to rock you know their rock, pearl jam was on the cusp of being the biggest band in america and they just kept it going you could just tell the fans were wanting this <laughs> yes after even flow someone throws a letter on stage do you, do you remember this did no, he, he no. mentions them the bootleg and he says it's for Eddie Vedder only, and the crowd starts, you know, should I read it? It's pretty long. I think he doesn't, and the, the bootleg I have, he doesn't actually read what's in the letter. They just transition into glorified G. Do you remember anything that he did with it? Did he, like, rip it up or toss it aside? No, I can't recall. I yeah, yeah. a little, I was a little baked as usual, but <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I sat with three girls, got baked, and just enjoyed the show. Hey, man, that's, yeah, you're in it. Um, glorified G and daughter. I thought, uh, you know, glorified G just like, just like dissident. I thought it's, you know, it's, it's not a highlight for me most of the time, but, uh, stone sounds really good. They, they really hit the, hit that bridge again when it, when it, when it hits and it's a really, I thought a really cool moment. Daughter too. Um, we get a, uh, a tag debut here. Um, hate the police by the dicks. is a, a classic kind of punk rock anthem there that probably not many people are familiar with. I know Mudhoney was famous for covering it. They were doing it all the time. I think they had a it was on one of their Sub Pop 7 inches. So we get a little bit of, of Hate the Police by the Dicks for the first time. Then we transition into a little bit of WMA and a little bit of Androgynous Mind. Only only the second time they, they would tag Androgynous Mind too. So a couple of, uh, a couple of 1994 uh, little pieces of uh, history there for you, and then uh, we uh, after daughter we kick it right back up and like like you said Anthony it's is where that wave crashes with daughter and we're we're building up again with why go deep and rats here the crowd is is into it a little bit into why go that that's that's obviously a big moment now it was just starting to become and actually you know why go was one that the, these these three songs here why go deep and rats are ones that wouldn't be around for very much longer you know once dave was out of the band they kind of fell into the on the back burner so cool to hear them cool to hear them all here back to back um really good version deep with ed and you get a little bit of the spiraling into madness i remember deep like vividly because that was one of my favorites off 10 it just cool i just remember like trying my best to sing with it or go with the flow (laughs) 
Oh, I'm sure they were going crazy on stage. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have a video for this one, unfortunately. No. It's interesting how you said again, like, you know, why go deep in raps? That's a trio that really did be put on the back burner um after Dave was removed from the band or left the band or you know, whatever that happened, whatever happened, whatever the story is. Um but if you listen to how all of these songs are played, especially at this show, and then you listen to how they're now definitely incorporated a much more, you know, talk about 2005 moving on, 2006, I'm sorry. Um, you know, Why Go is very much a definitive song now. I mean, like for me, I mean, it, you know, I think of the closing of the, you know, the spectrum and I think Why Go closing out, you know, starting for the October 31st show, that, that just sticks in my head. Um, but the way that it was played then, the way that Dave played it, it's almost two different songs. Yeah, it's the same lyrics, same guitar playing, but dr the drum playing, the way that Matt and Dave played is distinctively different to me and how it changes a song and how much quicker they are. And in this showcase of Why Go Deep in Rats, it is very, um, it's just a unique performance of how those came together, how they sound. Um, yeah, at when the they, show, on this bootleg especially when they brought oh, back we, we don't often talk about this it's kind of a forgotten history but when why go was brought back in 2003 they were actually doing a guitar intro instead of a bass intro which you know you go back and listen to it sounds kind of jarring now like what and then of course they they brought it back to the classic like you know crowd favorite fist pumping song that it is now risky. rats actually too uh Going back to, to music, a really interesting, cool solo in Rats by Mike, too. A really cool moment, something you uh, you don't usually hear in that. He kind of does something different with it a little bit. Mike, you know, just then he's starting to hit your. Everyone wants that star guitar man. He's just starting to ride ride that wave. He was starting to yeah. He was starting to get yeah. out of the kind of Stevie Ray, yeah. you know, tribute phase that he had early right. on. He was kind of starting to find himself a little bit. I think yeah, that, like, on like on the lead man of like on the lead. <laughs> we're we're here at a another really cool moment. Um, Ed comes on and says, "This is something you never heard before. I'll think, but you know." It's got such a good beat, you're just going to like it anyway.
and it's something they did not do in Atlanta, so none of, none of the fans there had probably ever heard it before, yeah. but it is the eighth performance of Last Exit. This is such such an effort. Last Exit is probably one of my top ten favorite Pearl Jam songs of all time. There's just something specially unique about how um, I, I just I just Last Exit is just one of my favorite songs. There's just something anywhere you could place it anywhere in a set to me, and it just it just gets gets your blood going. Um, it is it is you know Rats the Last Exit is 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 interesting. I, I you know when I was doing some research on the show, I was trying to see if that had been done. Uh, more times and I just really couldn't find anything more but that is a, a unique transition to go into a rats and I, I'm all about transitioning like how songs flow and it's almost like a like you know a set list like a painting like how everything comes together to give you that final product as you look together um and this was cool you know like this trio right here of you know rats less like the state of love and trust is very unique in its own sense of how it comes together but and yeah, you know, my, like you were saying about Mike McCready coming into its own sense. I mean, you know, there's just this, this style here of that grittiness and rawness that Mike plays in these songs and how, you know, different it sounds, um, you know, at this time than it does now. That it's just, it's just, there's something really elegant and beautiful about it. It's a personal favorite of mine. I love it now, but back then I didn't know what it was. And I think the, the crowd, I think, was in that realm probably too, you know, but it definitely flows in the state of love and trust <laughs> is that a good flow yeah it's and it's interesting too you know when you 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 know you, anthony you're talking about the way the set list is crafted and kind of the the waves that crash like putting a new song there is is definitely like you're killing momentum kind of because here's one that nobody knows the words to you're not going to get the kind of the energy that the back from the crowd that that a deep is going to get or an even flow is going to get or an animal or something like that where everybody knows it and they know the moments to hit and they know the parts you know this is one you're going to get a lot of people just kind of looking at you taking it in like okay so this is definitely kind of a kind of a demarcation point like they've gotten through you know we had the early section we had the middle section we have this this other little section and now we're going to stop and play a new one that you haven't heard so it, that's an interesting place to put it. And then after this, we're getting old favorites to the end of the main set. So I think this is definitely the set list is crafted very interestingly. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Mentioned that before, Anthony. Well, the big thing too is Rats is not typically a sing along. Like I mean, I don't yeah. know many people that are like I'm singing along to Rats. Like you're not you're not singing along to Rats. You're gonna you're gonna get into it, the bass lines and, and the things like that. So I think it made sense that from even Deep is not much of a sing along. Um, you know, so these are not real sing along. You're gonna get into them. You know the songs. Celeste exit. Yeah, I guess you're not you're still not doing a sing along, but then yeah, I think it makes sense to do the state of love and trust. Where you know, if you, at that time, if you're a Pearl Jam fan, that is a huge song for the fact that you know the 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 specialness around singles, which was one of the hottest movies. So everyone knows the lyrics. It's going to be a hot song, and then like you said, I mean, it is fan favorite right through the end of you know state of love and trust, black alive and porch. I mean, it's just one right after the other after the other. I mean, it's a special way that they kind of crafted that uniqueness of once again the wave of up and down up and down up and down and then kind of flatlining you know right before you know really going in hot and heavy right until the uh, encore yeah we get uh to to close out the main set here it's like i said it's state of love and trust into black into alive into porch and that's wow that's heavy hitter after heavy hitter you you know yeah. we'll, we'll get to this encore which is super interesting a lot of interesting stuff going on there but 
yeah, this this section here, you know, you're again, like I said, you've you've hit them with a couple of deep cuts there, rats, last exit, a new one. So you've you've got to to get this crowd back on your side. And I thought State of Love and Trust was really good. Black, I thought was fantastic. It's not like a an epic Mike letting loose Black. He's a, he's a little restrained, I thought, in it. But Ed does a little improv at the end, which is really good. I, that always is a cool moment. ready to fuck you which gets a big crowd response and and, a, and another cool kind of octave solo from mike so uh and then you know the, this version of porch i mean that's that's the showstopper right oh yeah was, was there would do you remember was there some some rafter climbing and some scaffolding being destroyed was there some that, antics going on that was this pure mayhem that was my one of my highlights of the show that was oh, one yeah. of my favorite songs like yeah I couldn't tell if you know some people have it credited as as a Neil Young hey hey my my tag. He does a little bit of like the where I come from nothing's given um, that we would we would know from Saturday Night Live. And there's there's a little bit of like want to say want to say something. This version of Porch like these these '94 versions are some of the, the just the craziest thing they've done. Like that Atlanta one is just an all timer, and this one's you know it's not 10 or 12 minutes, but it's still, yeah. still very very good. And it's it's one where like they they go through the song and like at a minute and a half it just hits and they are off and running on this jam.
Yeah, the, the porch in 94 is, I mean, nowadays, you know, it's kind of been, it's kind of found its place at, here as a kind of a main set ender or an encore one ender. But this was, this was the, like I said, this is the showstopper for 1994. This is, this is the big one that, that hits. Porches, I think, to me, for me, is a definitive first set closer. Um, and, you know, now we're about to talk about probably one of the craziest, if not biggest mind fucks of an encore. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I, I, the, I mean, I, I, you know, listen, I, I've never listened, I haven't sat down and listened to every single, you know, bootleg. And when you approached me about this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to it. I didn't want to read anything about it previously. I wanted to go into it kind of blind. And um, I did, and I was working the first. And I was listening to it, and I'm like, like, is my, is, am I skipping shit? Like, am I like, is this jumping around? Because it just didn't make sense to me. I well, mean, there's you know one or two songs, whatever. That's an excellent teaser. I'm going to stop you right there because we're here at the encore break, and that's sure. when we do our our little Patreon spiel. Uh, I'm going to make it quick so we can like like that was a really good teaser for the encore. I can't wait to talk about this. Um, so I'll just say real quick. Um, we do have a Patreon for the show. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash live on four legs. That's the number four. Or download the Patreon app uh, Patreon app, and search for live on four legs. Uh, we have uh, many different ways you can support the show. Uh, for $1 a month, you can get access to all the bonus content that we're throwing up there. Evolution episodes, uh, the Devo episodes. We've done a couple of even bonus full-length episodes over the summer. The Red Rocks a couple of weeks ago that was really cool. You got a bonus episode just for being in the Patreon. We have the $5 tier where you get to request a, a show. And then the $10 Horizon Lake tier for the people who are supporting our, our Concertpedia project. But uh, before we get back into the show, I want to throw it to Matt. Because Matt, you are a patron. You requested this show. What is what do you like most about being a patron of the show? What what would you what would you, would you recommend it to people listening out there? Oh, and I have I uh, any like local friends I have Pearl Jam friends. I always recommend to check it out because you guys go back and you don't really get you know there's podcasts out there, but you guys really uh, dive deep into the set list and like. Who, who else does that? Not too many podcasts or fans, you know. Um, we're we're yeah. a very niche show. I'll give I'll yeah. give you that. We we, yeah. we found our niche and we're sticking with it. Yeah, and I'm, I've appreciated it since I've caught on to you guys maybe a year and a half ago. I'm gonna say now, and like I said earlier, I wish I had more time for to go back into every single episode. But you know, being a family man, it, it is tough, but. I appreciate all your guys' effort towards Pearl Jam and going into these set lists. And my biggest thing tonight is just, you know, I appreciate you guys helping me out. It's brought back memories, and I've always, like, the show has been, like, a mystery to me. Being a Pearl Jam fan, whatever, 55 shows in or whatever I am, um, I always wanted to go back to this one because I never went back to it. And you guys have mm -hmm. helped me, like, come back to it, and it's I appreciate it. And that's what being a patron of Live on Four Legs is really been great <laughs> awesome man i can't say better than that yeah that's yeah. what that's what we you know we try to do is try to preserve those memories and tell those stories because you know every show has a story every person mm. that goes to the show has a story and oh, that, definitely. that's why we're here to to tell those stories and for people like you so that's fantastic thank you so much um so yeah with without further ado let's let's get back into the show here uh ed comes on says quite a lot of you massachusetts Massachusetts. 
Throw things at him, throw things at him. Tell you what, I'll just stand back here. Now look what you've done. Look at it. Now he's back there. I'm assuming there was a lot of projectiles. Ed has to uh, berate a young woman. Don't throw shit. It's gonna hit my mic and hit me in the face. I'm not into that. Not tonight, okay, honey? Another new song here. We get um, Not For You to open up this encore. This is the song I remember most about the <laughs> being there. <laughs> yeah, well, walk us through caught, it. I just caught on to it. Like, I just, you know, of course, sitting and listening to it, and, you know, the crowd got into it. And just after, I couldn't stop singing it. Like, on the way out of the place, I just loved it. I just was, you know, screaming, Not This Isn't For You. Fuck you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just, that's, that's the hook that you're gonna remember yeah yeah and it was just like then after the show i just i just loved it it just was my one of my highlights the next then going into blood the blood's one of my top 10 oh, pearl yeah. damn songs it was just, speaking of showstopper yeah yeah i just like getting ready for the show you know going back listening to this i was like oh my god <laughs> not for you i thought there were some really good uh guitar runs during the jam there's some little like little kind of jolts going down. I think I couldn't tell if it was microstone. It sounded like stone doing these little like little hits down the down the fretboard. It sounded really cool. And then of course blood is awesome. You know, it heads going off. Yeah, it was it was interesting, but like once again, like I was saying before, like, oh I was like not for you, okay, great. In the blood I'm like, this is heavy. I'm like, you're talking about like right now if you're listening to this, like when I was listening to it for the first time, like shit, like they're really they're coming out the gate, they're gonna hit heavy. Like, I'm like, and then I remember when Blood was over, I'm like, God, I'm like, what the hell is the next song going to be? Like, I'm like, how the hell are they going to like, I'm like, is this going to be a trio of like fucking like balls to the wall? I, I, you know, craziness. But I have a question for Matt, um, you know, listening to this. When you listened to this recently to lead up to the show, how long prior to that was it the last time you listened to the show? Oh, was, these guys sent it to me. I think uh, Randy sent me the show. On, yeah, uh, this is our plat- Patreon. This is our Patreon bootleg that we sent out last month to people. Yeah, last yeah, month. No, no, I know that. I, what I'm saying is, so you listened to it last month, right? But prior yeah. to that, and so from '94 when you first went there to when you mm-hmm. listened to it recently, how many times did you listen to it in between the, that time frame? No, never. Never. I never went okay. back to it. That was so my, when, that's my big highlight of like the show and why I picked it. I just wanted to go back. Because I never knew the set when list. You I, never, to I, never, I never researched the set list. From when I saw it, so these guys, I think they asked me a couple months ago what show I'd pick. That's when I looked at it. I'm like, oh, let me look at the set list. I don't, I never, from 94 to 2021, I never, or, or 2020 probably, um, I never knew what the set list was. I never knew it. I never went back. And when, I, when you listen, when you listen to it for the first time in that long period of time, like, did you like close your eyes and like did it transport you to that moment and like things were just coming back to you that you hadn't remembered for the first time? I tried my damnest, but I'll tell you, like I was baked out of my mind for the show <laughs> <laughs> on my own. But 
It was all worth it. it was and so the, worth reason, it. the reason, I, I think the, the reason I'm asking is I think it's clever because, I mean, you know, nowadays we have posters and merchandise and all this stuff that kind of incorporates, that brings us back to those memories. But like then, I mean, you really didn't have much. So that's why I was, I was curious for something so early on to go back and to relive that and like what was going through your head. And it's interesting that you hadn't listened to it in such a long period of time. Like, I think what's interesting, like, before we get to the, yeah, before, yeah, before we get to the, the next clusterfuck of songs, like, were you just as surprised the second time listening to it from the first time seeing it live? Like, how crazy what we're going to talk about next actually was? Yeah, because, yeah, like, you bring in your, let's say, let's say for your current experience of Pearl Jam, the songs, you look at them now, like, holy shit, oh my god. Um. But it definitely woke me up. Like, I want to listen to the show again for the next five days. Um, But when you just mentioned, like, you know, the tour posters, I had no idea I wanted to get a poster. But that was part of my, when I talk about leaving the concert, I'll mention what happened. (laughs) Nice teaser there. Nice job. Um, So, yeah, it, it felt to me like they... You know, a lot, and a lot of these encores early on were not, you know, planned out and scheduled out like they are now. It was more just, you know, they would have a bunch of songs on the bottom of a list and they would just kind of pick and choose on the fly what to play. And it felt like, you know, not for you and Blood, it felt like, okay, we're going to come out and play this new song, then we're going to play Blood, and then we're just going to see what happens. And Ed even says that. He says, oh, you know, should we play some more? Okay, we'll stick around. We got, I don't know what... Uh... We don't know what to play. What do you want to play? Okay, you know how it works. One at a time. One at a time. Okay. We've got a winner. Yellow Ledbetter, only yeah. the uh, the sixth time it had ever been played. And nowadays, you think you hear Yellow Ledbetter, you're like, oh, this is going to be a short show, just a little three song encore. But yeah. no, we we still got a lot more to go. But this is 
you know, this is an early yellow lead better. It's not the, not the party, you know, goodbye, you know, send everybody home happy song that it is now. It's kind of an early, kind of sparse, very kind of restrained version of Yellow Lead Better. I thought this was really cool. Oh, definitely. That's why after re-listening again and hearing how he took the request, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like of them playing it in the middle of that end encore yep. is just yep. so real almost. Yeah, it had only been debuted, I think, five months uh, earlier. So yeah, just a, a few times in this, this early part of the tour. Right back into it with uh, with once we get hit, hitting uh, back into the heavy stuff. Ed just screaming during the solo. God, this and again, once is another one. Just like I mentioned with Dissident and Grovagi, is not one that I really, you know, go back to the early versions a lot. But this one had some intensity to it. Oh, definitely. So it started it all. I always say that Pearl Jam, when you first got that ten cassette or whatever, what form you bought it or heard it, it's what set off. I think this band. <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, this is when I was like checking to see if my. Um my itunes was skipping songs um because it just didn't make sense to me i mean the way these you know not for you to blood is great then yell library like what the hell and then now it goes picks up again to once yeah no um I, you know the one thing i enjoyed most about this entire show was just like you know i'm a huge mccready fan i think he's you know if not the greatest guitarist i've ever seen live one of the top three um and there's just he there's just so much to his style in the early 90s of him really trying to find himself and what he wants to be and how he's going to lead this band into the future um and, and yeah I, I agree with you yeah Ledbetter is different you know like you said than I guess that it is now um in its own retrospect that it's just not that you know that it's not that closer it's not people weren't expecting that then either but it's just a weird place now looking at it in where it would be typically but I don't. I still don't even think that's kind of the craziest thing about this. No, definitely um, not. The set list, so definitely not. Um, so after once, um, yeah, they they come out and this is you know this is something that was played in Atlanta the first yeah. night, and it it ends up being on that version ends up being on the uh, the single that would that would come out for Vitalogy. But this is they go into out of my mind here that the second time out of my mind is played matt what are you thinking at this point you obviously don't know this song do you well, remember I, anything about this i remember it when i recorded or uh, off the Atlanta. yeah wasn't that and i was like oh my god what is this and then I, hearing it again you know at the time i didn't know you know it would be such a it was treasure, the, treasure, the Pearl Jam treasure. The Not For You single, right? That Not For You 7-inch that has Out Of My Mind from Atlanta on the back of it. And then did that kind of jog your memory? Like, oh, I've, I've heard this. I remember this. Yeah. Out Of My Mind. The Atlanta one is kind of the iconic one. Like, that's, I think, more of a of a tighter, like, full song. This oh, one kind yeah. of seems more like kind of jams out a little bit. It's a little improv, looser. Kind of, yeah. yeah. More of an improv. Yep. Oh, we'll get into one of those in just a second, too. <laughs> 
uh, Anthony, you you said you didn't you didn't want to spoil the the show when when Out of My Mind comes in. You've got to be got to be thinking, okay, here we go. Well, I had known based off of because um, I've seen Out of My Mind I think twice, um, and I just I don't get it. Like, I, and I know this is gonna people are gonna be pissed about this, but I just it's not for me. Like, I just don't. It's just. Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of the back, things where it was just, just simple could... fan service. It was like, yeah, yeah. here's a here's a thing that we did that you yeah. liked one time. Yeah, here's a here's a rare thing. I think it's like they're. Well, I mean, they brought it back. Yeah, they brought it back in what? Uh, they brought it back. Oh, bring back the Wachovia Center again. I didn't realize we were talking about that so much. But oh, the Spectrum. I'm sorry. Bring back the Spectrum again. You know, Halloween they did it because someone wrote them a big check and then they played it. Um, but I mean, in in even then, I was like, I remember I was going with a good friend of mine, and I was like, dude, I'm like. Like I know what this is, but I'm like this is like can we? There's like nothing else we could have got besides out of my mind. And I know like people around me were pissed that I said that, but I'm like, yeah, it's just like I don't know, it just does nothing for me. So even then, even in its early days, like you know, it was weird once again in this 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 crazy encore. Um, but yeah, then he goes into this improv, and I remember I, this is I think this is like the third or fourth time I checked my phone to see if it skipped because it was just like it was a weird. It's kind of out of everything was kind of out of place and kind of strange. Yeah, it's a weird transition. I had to go back and re-listen to it. Cause I was like, "Is the improv like a continuation of Out of My Mind? Is it, is it transitioning into something else? Is it a tag of something?" I think even Five Horizons has it as like, "Is this an improv or a cover? We don't know." Um, but yet, yeah, it is definitely an improv that follows.
It feels like the music is there. Um, it felt like it could have been something that they were trying to to get ready to, you know, something they were working on at the time for Vitalogy because it, it does fit. It's got that kind of like that tension that those Vitalogy songs have. It, the music, I think, is great. But it felt like, you know, Ed really wasn't there with the lyrics, a little, little freeform, a little improv, a little. He wasn't quite confident as to what he was going to do and what he was going to sing over. And I don't think this one ever, you know, resurfaced or ever turned into anything else. But it's it's cool to listen to as a, as a one off. You you get a hint of like, you know, here here they are working on working on new things. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about it being something like they were trying out. I'm probably gonna have to listen to it again because the entire time I was trying to figure out, it did sound like it was. I thought they were trying to cover something. I was just like, at first, I'm like, is this a Mud Honey song? Because I had I knew Mud had it open for him, but then I'm like, well, no one else is singing on it. And I was trying to figure out. It was just it was it was definitely like um, it almost sounded like there was a struggle to like link everything up at some point for it to be coherent, not coherent, not um to flow correctly. I keep using the damn word flow, um, but there was it, it just you know. It's another one of those things where it's like, what is this? And will we ever have an answer for it? And I don't know if we will. I mean, there's quite a few improvs over the lifespan of Pearl Jam that I think we try to dig deep into figure out what the hell it is. And I think we have more we have more questions than we have answers. Oh yeah. We've we've threatened to do a whole improv series on this show and go over every single one. I think there's there's a couple of hundred of them at least and and really dig into it and try to try to dig deep and figure out if any of them actually turned anything but that's that's gonna be it's gonna be a whole endeavor unto itself at some point but i'll 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 say it generously a a bar band rendition of my generation here
and it does kind of fall apart. This is the fourth and final time that they would cover my generation. Uh, this felt to me like you were watching your a bunch of dads down at your local uh, bar and grill on a Thursday night. Definitely. <laughs> After we listened to it, that's what I thought. It was definitely. There is just some songs that even as great as Pearl Jam is, and as great and talented as there is, there's just some bands that have that magic sauce to pull things off that just that they can do. Um, and I know, and I kind of you know know this because I'm actually doing my homework right now on cover songs uh, for something that I'm doing next week. But you know, my generation is a song that I mean, has anyone ever heard someone sing my generation as good as the Who does it? I no, because it's just there's something that the Who can do that no one else can do. It's kind of like, you know, I would say Pearl Jam has a lot of songs that people try to cover that you like, you, you're not doing it justice. Um, and I think this is just one of those songs that like, you know, they, they've done quite a few Who songs and it's great what they can do. My Generation, there's just, that's a special song that I just don't think that, I don't think that anyone really can pull off besides the Who. Yeah, it needs, it needs Keith Moon and, and Dave A for all, for all his, uh, qualities is not keith moon um all right so after after my generation we get where we're we're back into the uh for a little while we're back into kind of the the bring down the come home of this show we get elderly woman behind the counter in a small town again i think you need a big kind of you know, a familiar song at this point after what you just put these these people through, including Matt, who was stoned up in the balcony. Mm -hmm. um, I thought this this small town. It's it, again, it's another one that you you see small town laid on a set list, and you think, oh, it's going to be the big sing along. It's going to be the big crowd moment. Like it's going to be the the bread and butter. But this one was, you know, it's it's early in small town. You know, the song's mm -hmm. only a few months old still. So you know, Ed's on the electric guitar. I felt like this one really didn't hit like it like it would later. Um, then we uh, we uh, we're gonna start to close it down here with uh, "Rockin' in the Free World," and I thought this was really good. It gets way down. I thought Dave A was really good on "Rockin' in the Free World." We haven't mentioned Dave A a lot at the show, probably not as much as we should have, but uh, Dave A really good "Rockin' in the Free World." I remember this one just because I loved it. <laughs> what What do you remember? Take us through it. Oh, I remember like I have a twin brother. I just remember we, we always like Neil Young's version. And I remember them doing it. I just kept on picking my twin brother. Like I was singing it like we did, like the Neil Young version before Pearl Jam. Um, you know, my parents used to play a lot of Neil Young, so having a twin, so it just really, it still is. It's like if I don't go to show with my twin brother, it makes me emotional. And I remember this being kind of emotional for me, like my parents would rock Neil Young and my twin brother was just one of our favorites. But it was it was definitely new to me for Pearl Jam to be covering it, you know, and obviously it's one of my favorite covers they do. You know, Rocking the Free World, it is, it's, you know, this is this is kind of their, you know, Pearl Jam's uh, ability to showcase the fact that, you know, what Neil Young means to them and how they consistently use this to as a primary cover. I don't know if it's my favorite cover song. Um, once again, I'm, I'm doing a lot of deep diving in cover songs right now. Uh, for next week but um you know it's it, you know rocking the free world has become a staple and a lot of you know it's funny the last pearl jam show i went to some kid that was 16 thought it was a pearl jam song um because he's seen pearl jam four times and thought that 
Rocking in the Free World is a Pearl Jam song. So it's interesting because they play it so many times that it's almost like their own their own staple to themselves. We, we, we're going to call it an encore break here, even though you know they don't leave the stage or it doesn't seem like there's a very long break. And we get Spin the Black Circle to close the show. And this is the only time that I will ever say that on this show, unless they, they do it in this uh, this upcoming tour, which I, which I highly doubt. Um, but yeah, the, only the eighth time they play Spin the Black Circle, the only time it's ever closed. And they finish it and say goodnight, and that is the show. That's it. Uh, yeah, crazy version of Spin the Black Circle here. I love this as a, as a to break this thing down. After this, after this crazy mixed up encore it, it feels like a perfect way to end it oh, i just remember it being like quick i could recall that came out did it and it was real quick and you know a lot of people didn't know it <laughs> there is something very beautiful and dynamic about dave a's version of how he played spin the black circle that just different than what matt plays and it's very much on highlight for this but i was thinking if i was at this show right and even nowadays, if it ended on Spin the Black Circle, it's almost like you're at this ultimate high and then it's over. There's no like, you know, there's not a, a proper closer and it's very interesting. I don't think this will ever, ever be a closer again, just for the fact that it is just so much of a, a high and then people leave. It's almost like you're on such a high. It's almost a you're you, you need more almost like you need yeah. that that kind of slow off at rocking the free world or a yell that better or i mean hell anything that just kind of really puts the cap by and yeah exactly so yeah that that does it a very cool version like again a new song something off vitalogy they, mm-hmm. they kind of splice those vitalogy songs in you know space them out you get whipping really early on then you know near the end of the main set you get last exit get not for you to start the encore and then you're closing it out with spin the black circle so really interesting how those were placed in this set it's nice that they're all working out there it's on tour <laughs> you know, for the next album yeah they'll do that that's maybe they'll oh. do that ohana and yeah we, we, we should say too you know we, we we had the interview with stone that we found out that that pearl jam is working on new music and they're you know so we can cross our fingers you don't want to jinx anything but we can uh we can hope for maybe a new album in 2022 if you if you want to speculate as as to that so i'll take uh, a new song i'll take a new hey, single <laughs> yeah yeah definitely we'll see if they yeah we'll see if they if they play any new stuff at these see here now and uh and ohana shows that'll be interesting you know we'll be we'll be covering it uh, whatever happens mm-hmm. um so we have we have done it guys i i i want to thank you for taking the time to go back and listen to this um now we've got to go through and give our top three moments um, I will go first because um, I will uh, I'll give you guys and then we'll go to Anthony and then we'll go to Matt uh, Matt you can finish off since you were there uh, my top three moments I thought Porch obviously classic 1994 Showstopper Porch amazing fantastic um, I'm actually going to go with Rearview Mirror Opener as one and then I'm going to bookend it with Spin the Black Circle closer. Those are my those are my top three. I, I love the energy of Rearview Mirror to start, the tension that it that it builds. I thought it really set the tone. And then Spin the Black Circle. Yeah, Anthony, like you said, it's it's an abrupt ending. Like it's 
it's a little bit of it's kind of jarring to hear like the song stops and good night and then we're done but i i i love that they would do that just to be like yeah fuck it why not here's a new song here it is bye so uh so that's my three anthony uh what do, what do you got for us you know, this is a tough one but for me just listening to this um from an insider listening to it and enjoying it from you know going through the things that really popped out at me and that I enjoyed the most was porch was definitely something enjoyable listening to it to end this, the uh, set list. Uh, and then right into not for you, which was, you know, something new and as special in its own sense. And it was definitely something that they were excited about playing. Um, and then, you know, the one, you know, I, for me, like looking back at this and really listening to what it was and, and what was special about it, you know, I'm a I'm a big big fan of uh, Last Exit, and as I said, it's a, it's a big it's a favorite of mine. And I still think they were just trying to find themselves at this point. And it was it's good to hear songs that are um, um, still trying to pick up its legs and find out where it's going to be. And hearing Mike play the way it did, it was enjoyable. I really I thought it was um, you know special in its own sense, especially because in the bootleg that I heard. There's, there's the crowd's not singing along to it. There's no crowd interaction. It's just the band not overtaking it, and it's them playing through it. And I thought that was a you know a clever way of uh, of of listening to it. So I know I, those were my three songs. Excellent, awesome. All right, Matt, and you you were there. Yeah. You listened back to it for the first time recently this year after 27 years. Yeah. Did did your did you have did your top three moments or are they are they just based on your 2021 listening or did you have any moments that you remembered from your from 1994 that that snuck in I, my memory did go back like opening up with rear view mirror has got to be number one because that was this incredible way to start the show you know right off the bat um but i gotta say after re-listening just um my number two and number three not for you into blood because they're two of my favorites they're in my top 10 and just going back, listen to them makes, I love that raw energy. I love the anger in the songs. So it just made me happy why I carried on loving this band for as long as I have and will to, I'm done, you know? <laughs> and I mean, a small a thing for Porch. I always love Porch, but it's got to go rear, rear, mirror, not for you and blood. It was just my highlights. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to let you do give it, give it a rating first since uh, you were there. I don't want to spoil mine. I don't want to be, I don't want mine to, to influence you guys. Cause I, I have a thing with this tour that I, that I go back to, but, uh, let's, let's go, let's go in reverse. Matt, what would you give this, uh, one to 10? I give it a 10. I'm not, not surprised, <laughs> not surprised at all. Yeah. So, uh, tell us the, uh, I, 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 so you, you teased the story for, for what happens after the end. So after we do our, after we give our ratings, I want to, I'm going to go back to you for that story. So uh, Anthony, uh, what's your, uh, what's your rating on this one? So this is where um, it's interesting to me because I'm only going by what I listened to. Um, and there's definitely some high points and low points to the show, just listening to it from a fan, you know, going there. Um, I think a lot of times we enjoy shows more that we go to and then we listen to it and we enjoy it more because it brings back memories. And then we might listen to a show that someone says is the most amazing thing in the world. You listen to it and you just don't find it because you don't have the emotional connection to it. Um, so, you know, is this something I'm going to go back and listen to a bunch? Probably not. Um, but for me, 
I'd give this a solid, I don't know, 7.62. <laughs> there you have it. It's, it's, a, it's a solid 7.62. Um, That's correct. I, I mean, I know, I, know, and I, I know you don't probably watch my shows, but I do have a very uh, intricate and detailed scaling system that I use that I put a lot of thought into. Hey, um, so that, yeah, that is an official sure. score. Um, yeah, that that's great. That's I love it. I love it. Um, for me, uh, this is one that's, you know, it's it's hard to to come off Atlanta. Like, obviously, Fox Theater Atlanta Night Two is a ten out of ten. It's one of the top five, top ten shows in their history. Just iconic performance after iconic performance, and this one doesn't quite get there. Um, but you know, like we talked about, like it's the main set is very well constructed. It's it's got very defined sections and it's very well put together and, it's, and it does have some some really great performances daughter we talked about you know the the dicks tag on on daughter is great um the the rats last exit the 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 end of that main set with all the 10 songs in a row bang 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 and then this this encore is just out of left field it's just crazy just one song after the next you get an improv uh another improv basically out of my mind uh my generation weird cover two vitology songs bookending a crazy version of blood yellow Ledbetter, an early version so i'm gonna give this i'm i'm gonna give this a nine like i was thinking coming into this that that this was gonna be yeah around a seven or eight because there's there's no way it could live up to those those atlanta shows but I, I love this run of 1994 shows. I, I don't think there's a bad show in the bunch. I, I, you know, I'll be hard pressed to, to give any of shows, any of the shows from this run less than a nine. So yeah, it gets, gets a solid nine uh, from me. So, um, so yeah, we, we got to get to the story though. You teased it early on. Uh, well, give us, tell, tell us what happened. All right. Show's over. Feeling great. Um, Remember, it was raining outside, but I wanted a shirt. I wanted some kind of merchandise. I was always been big in the merchandise. And, you know, back then you didn't wait in line before the show or you didn't know what was going on with merchandise. So I um, got in line. I, you know, everyone kind of grabs the leftovers. So I ended up getting um, a freak shirt. I think I sent you a picture of it. Um, the Pearl Jam, the guy in the front, the, it says freak on it. And, uh, I'm walking out and I'm like, oh shit, it's an extra large. I didn't even ask. I don't wear nothing next to large. So I never wore the shirt ever. I just always kept it in my, um, with my other shirts. But before that, when I was leaving, I had no idea where I parked my car. No idea. I had no idea where I was. No, it was foggy. It was rainy. I was scared, a little bit nervous now. I can't find my car. So I'm walking. These guys come up to me and they're like, hey, buddy, you got change for five bucks? I'm like, nah, I don't. I'm like, oh shit. So like so the guy tries to punch me. I'm like, fuck. What? I'm like, no, no. So yeah, so some guy tried to punch me saying, I don't change. I think they're trying to rob me. I mean, I didn't have any I did have money on me. Um so he starts chasing me and I'm running. I'm running as fast as I can, running like in the fog, right? I'm scared, like almost crying. So I find a cop and knock on the cop car. And I'm like, yo, I need help. I need help. He's like, rolls the window half down. He's like, beat it, buddy. You're in the wrong part of town. I'm like, oh. I, I can't find my car. He's like, no, I'm not helping you. I'm like, oh my God. I think I, I think I told the cop to fuck off. So I started running again, thinking these, these guys, you know, they stopped chasing me. So I just running all over the place trying to find my car. So I finally found it. I get on top of my car and I'm jumping up like 
Rocky on the stairs, like, oh my God, thank God I found my car. So I got in my car shaking, you know, shaking, you know, almost crying, but just scared shitless. I'm in it. I get in my car. I just peeled out of there. It's like foggy rain thinking I'm going to crash down the way home. But I couldn't believe a cop wouldn't even help me there. That's my big story. And like banging on his window over five, like some guy, I think it's like three guys chased me. I I was a young athlete at the time. So I didn't, you know, it had to be pretty fast to catch me in that. We have buried the lead on this episode. That was a story. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah, dude. I just, I just, like, I was so scared. I'm just glad they didn't grab me when they did. I could still, like, remember that. You got change for five bucks? I'm like, no. They tried grabbing me or punching me. I'm just like, I'm out of here. You know, I was scared. So I'm just laughed. lucky I made it out of there without getting my ass kicked or dead. But I made it home safely in the fog. And I just remember, it was so foggy on the way home back from Springfield to Albany. But wow, that's it. That's it. And I end up back to the freak shirt. So I had this shirt for years. I never wore it. And uh, in our local town here in Del Mar, a guy opened a coffee shop. I became friends with him. He was one of the biggest Pearl Jam fans I met besides myself and you guys. And I said, I saw you had a Pearl Jam shirt on. I'm like, what size you wear? He's like, extra large. I go, I have a gift for you if you promise not to sell it. And I went back and gave it to him. And he wears it with pride. You know? The freak shirt. Awesome. It was a real rare one. Yeah, that's was, that's a roller coaster of a story, man. Yeah, <laughs> I could have been dead. I could have been born on that. Whew. I don't know how to segue out of that. So but... I never went to a show after that by myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reason. Yeah, you <laughs> said this was the only one you went to by yourself. I can see why. Yeah. Whew. Crazy. All right, I I don't know. I I I got nothing after that, you guys. That's that's quite a story. I will just say. Thanks to Anthony Krisowitz from Touring Fan Live. Tell people where they can find you. You can search the Touring Fan Live on Facebook. We're there. Touring Fan Live on Instagram. Uh, you can go to www.thetouringfanlive.com for our most up-to-date schedule um, and things going on with our uh, event coming up at See Her Now Festival. We're doing an event the night before See Her Now Festival, a benefit called Shorestock with some pretty uh, big acts performing there to raise money. For the uh, the project matters. More information on the website. Um, yeah, just search search it out, and you'll find some more information. Awesome. Yeah. The yeah. Thank you guys for for doing this, Matt. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on uh, Instagram. I love social media. Um, definitely, I'm a big fan of Twitter. Del Maral. I'm on Twitter. Um, Facebook. My name, Matt Bien. Um, but I'd say Twitter the most. I love absolutely. I'm addicted to Twitter. My family <laughs> thinks I have my family thinks I have issues. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, one more time. Thank you guys so much for for taking the time to do this and coming on and helping me out while Randy's out. Uh, yeah, definitely check out the the short stock. Uh, see here now. Benefit. I think we're going to be involved with that a little bit going forward. So you'll be hearing more about that on the show uh, as we get closer to it. So um, with that, I. You know, again, I, I get to this point. Randy has a spiel. Uh, we're we're here, but not for much longer. Maybe parting ways. I don't know how that goes. I'm usually tuned out by that point. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week um, with uh, with a special. Uh, I think we're going to be staying in the early '90s. Um, I'm not going to spoil it as of yet because it's still in the works. But um, we'll be back next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the the Alive Evolution episode that came out this week. 
Uh, we released that from the vault, so hope you guys check that out. That's another reason. Uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash live on four legs if you like that and you would like to hear more. Um, we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Yeah, th- thank you, John. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, guys. This song's called Spin the Black Circle. It's a love song. Good to us. Don't let us stop here. Take care. Good night.